Welcome to the Ultimate Journey, a podcast on awakening to spirit. I am your host, Frank DeGenova. Episode 11. Hi, my name is Frank DeGenova, and this is the Ultimate Journey, Awakening to Spirit podcast. This episode is titled, You Don't Know What You Don't Know, <laughs> and That Can Be Dangerous. To quote Socrates <laughs> or Socrates, like, all we are, dude, is like dust in the wind. If you're a fan of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you caught that reference. Socrates said, the only true wisdom is knowing when you know nothing. How many of us have the humility to concede that? Many of us think that we know more than we actually do. And the whole saying that uh, knowing a little bit about a subject could be dangerous. I will share with you a term called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Some of you may have heard this term, but for those that haven't, here goes. This is a cognitive bias in which people with low ability and a task definitely overestimate their ability. They think they know more than they actually do or they're better at something than they actually are. Let's rewind to 1995. This happened in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is just out of this world. Some dude named MacArthur Wheeler decided to rob a bank in broad daylight, not wearing a mask. And he actually looked in the cameras and smiled at the cameras like all, you know, cocky and that. After his confident success of robbing that bank, he goes to another one immediately after and does the same thing. Two banks, no masks, smiling at the cameras, you know, and winking. It's like, hey, I'm the man, baby. Well, to his shock, his horror, his surprise, he immediately gets arrested. Clearly, they caught him on the video camera surveillance and also told him about it. And he says, that can't be. I, 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 I wore the juice. I wore the juice. That can't be. Mickey believed that by rubbing lemon juice all over his face would render him invisible to all security cameras. This is a cognitive bias. This is where an individual creates their own subjective reality. Have you ever fought with a friend or a family member at dinner who are very stubborn and opinionated on a subject that they know nothing about, but they pretend that they're experts on it? So believing something that you really don't can be called the Dunning-Kruger effect. This is named after the two psychologists that, uh, obviously Dunning and Kruger, that studied this whole, I think it was the, that whole Pittsburgh thing in MacArthur that started it. I'm not quite sure, but they did experiments to see how, how someone could put the juice on their face and think that they would be invisible to cameras. This all boils down to how much you really know, experience, level of confidence. But in reality, most people think they're experts, but they really know shit. Or sweet F all. Everyone has a computer in their pocket and are able to search the internet. So you have, you know, a Google search versus a scientist or, <laughs> um, you know, a specialist in their field of, you know, 35, 40 years of experience. Just don't ask Dr. Google to diagnose a symptom because you're going to die. <laughs> it always leads to death. So yes, a little bit of information is truly dangerous. We see this Dunning-Kruger effect in people's belief in how well they can drive. Most people that think that they drive well are terrible drivers. Well, maybe that's a stretch. Many are just average drivers. There is a saying, fake it till you make it. And I do believe that we need confidence, even though we're not the best at something. But, you know, we have to have a, a, a level of confidence to get us through. And, you know, we need some ego to do things. <laughs> but just don't put the juice on, man. Just don't do the juice. 
The tough part is being realistic and knowing when you're a danger to others and yourself by your ignorance. Now, the crazy thing is on the, on the flip side of this is that those who are really good at something or at the top don't overestimate themselves. In fact, they're humble enough to know that they don't really know everything. This brings us back to Socrates and his famous saying. Dunning also realized that the low performers cannot take criticism very well. Whatever, I know everything. I don't need to improve. Jeez, people are just so... Insert beep here. While I have to admit that I've been guilty of doing this myself, uh, more so in the past and less so now because I'm trying to be aware of it. The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything, especially in the spiritual sense, you know, unlearning all the things that we've been uh, programmed to, to believe, all the narratives and that. So, you know, as uh, Yoda says, I'm not going to use do Yoda again. You, he said, you must unlearn everything that you've learned. Um, it's just the old programming and stuff too. Just a note here, it's funny how alcohol makes you think that you know more <laughs> when obviously you don't. That statement actually made me think of two things uh, simultaneously. One is the inebriated late night texts and the male and female, how they look at themselves in the mirror. Yeah, strange why I thought of those, but let me explain one of them anyway. It's all about perception, and women have uh, built-in humility that men don't have when it comes to their beauty and how they look. You know, a woman could be a 12 out of 10 and look just stunning drop-dead, and she could look at herself in the mirror naked and pick out like 12 to 15 or to 2,000 flaws about her. And then you have the typical dude with a dad bod, <laughs> maybe a, pro, a more pronounced dad bod who can look at themselves in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm the stud, man. Meanwhile, you can't even see your feet for your belly. I'd like to share with you a personal story that just happened recently. And no, it's not about the mirror. <laughs> God, I've done that. I've been guilty of that until I lost some weight. I'm like, whoa, I was not what I thought it was. I got Krugered, Freddy Krugered or Dunning Krugered. No, this was actually on my journey to lose the weight. I've studied nutrition for years, so I have a good understanding of how it all works in biology and, and chemistry and all that in the body and hormones. So I convinced myself that I knew what to do to lose weight. And I tried every diet known to man. Some worked quickly, some didn't work at all. But in the end, I always gained it back plus more. I was known to be extre an extremist, a um, yo-yo dieter. I was lean, I was not so lean. I was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. You know, I probably did more damage to my metabolism than I cared to know. Then I said, okay, just eat normally, eat organic, eat clean, just do everything right, which I did. I had fresh salad, avocado, I was drinking green tea, I was having you know, organic dates and tahina, and I was doing all natural stuff. Like I was eating nuts in the shell, I was having hazelnuts and walnuts, fermenting vegetables, making kabucha, like the whole nine yards. I gave up sugar, carbs, everything. <laughs> I mean, and I still looked down and I couldn't see my feet. Talk about being confused and feeling defeated. I mean, raspberries and, and, and vegetables and all that. And still, I was inflamed, bloated, had aches and pains, and I was tired all the time, no matter how much sleep I got. And the list went on. I raised my hands up in the air and I says, okay, I give up. I surrender. I don't know what I don't know. I was very fortunate to have a friend of mine recommend me someone who could help me. So the process involved me getting my blood analysis done and, you know, I had to drive over an hour away. So, you know, all these things, I'm like, this is very inconvenient for me. 
But what was the alternative? I mean, I did everything, everything I could possibly do in my, in my scope of my brain. The results showed me what was in my blood and what I was up against. I had no chance to succeed because I was up against hormones and biology that would not let me overcome it. It was an epiphany. It was like, ah, oh, finally. Everything that I told you that I was eating were triggering my body to attack itself, you know, autoimmune-wise. I am no stranger to self-discipline and doing things that required my focus. I mean, I quit smoking two packs a day, cold turkey. I fasted for over three days on nothing but water. So willpower had nothing to do with it. Just the facts, ma'am. So how many beliefs or incomplete narratives from our culture, our culture, that's a root word for culture, is a cult, the cult that we uh, grew up in. How many of these are keeping us locked into limiting patterns, you know, stopping us from being successful or thinking that we can walk into a bank with lemon juice on our face and get away with it? I believe that success has a formula and that it can be replicated. I'm still applying the same discipline that I did in the past, but this time it's under the watchful eye of a professional that knows what they're doing. Interesting, however, is... People that are watching me doing this, you know, eating a certain way and avoiding certain foods, which is pretty strict, they're saying, like, why do you have to do this? Like, I mean, I've done so much damage to my body that I have to heal it before I can start eating normal again or whatever normal is. If they were unconsciously doing it or not, I had many detractors saying, like, what do you need this person? You can do it on your own. Well, <laughs> I tried it on my own and I'm not a dumb person and I know that I did everything I possibly could and it just didn't work. Yeah, my ego in my wallet took a hit, but hey, I would have never known what to do. Now, there's no guarantees that all this will work and that I won't revert back because that's a result of other problems that are more psychological. Let me ask you, where are you putting the cart before the horse in your life? Or how much do you think you really know? And are you being successful at it? I'm getting the image of the game Tetris, where all the pieces have to fit perfectly to secure a foundation before the next layer can be built on top of it. I feel that life is the same way. So what am I really getting at with Tetris and my journey in lemon juice and bank robberies and <laughs> all these things? Well, in order for you to be Superman or Superwoman, you have to know about kryptonite. And if you don't know about it, <laughs> you're done. And only then is when we can get that lead shield or lead wall up to protect us or go into that radiation field and save Lois Lane. But if there's that green glowing radioactive rock there, you won't be able to. This is the same with biology, with chemistry, with hormones, with ignorance, with lack of knowledge, lack of experience, and in all areas of your life, where it's spiritually, in your vocation, in your love life, or whatnot. We have to know what we don't know, or we have to know that we don't know. There are factors that are preventing us to be the best we can be. In the next episode, I'll be talking about one in particular that is a pretty sensitive topic. It will, I believe, be a very um, triggering episode. But hey, this is The Ultimate Journey, Awakening to Spirit. And I'm your host, Frank DeGenova. Thank you for listening to The Ultimate Journey podcast, Awakening to Spirit. Join me again next time for more spiritual talk. You can reach me at info at theultimatejourney.ca. I thank you in advance for visiting my website, theultimatejourney.ca. For more information on my online courses, listeners will receive my course motivation for free. Until next time, walk in love and in gratitude.